Hello everyone and welcome back to the Misunderstood World Podcast. I'm your co-host Bill. And I'm your co-host Dylan. And welcome back to another Current Affairs episode. Now today's episode, we'd normally have one to maybe two topics normally that we talk about. But there's been a big revelation in the news recently that uh, the Prime Minister, Liz Trust, has resigned. So mm. today's episode is just going to be about Liz Trust. So if there's like a big world event that happens, we won't pick what two topics. We'll just focus in on one topic. Isn't that right, Bill? Absolutely. I just think um, under the circumstances, she's probably the shortest reigning Prime Minister with her reign lasting 45 days or 44 days, which is basically about a bit over a month. Um, she's the shortest reigning prime minister I can remember. I don't know if there are any others in the history, but I can definitely remember in the modern era. Um, but I we just thought it'd be too big. It, it, it this this topic would be too big to have two topics, and this is quite important. So we're gonna um get get in talking about her resignation, uh, what led up to it, and uh, what could the future hold for the Conservative Party and the country. Yeah, exactly, Dil. So let's. I kind of just want to start off with. So you you know probably a bit more th- than me than this still, but what was her actual policies that got her elected? Her actual policies, um, well, she appealed more to the right of the party. Uh, she basically um to take over from Boris Johnson. She was much more. Um, she wanted low tax. You know, she, like a traditional conservative because. Uh, Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson were criticised. Were criticised. Well, they were criticised for not being conservative enough. Basically, uh, they were they were being told by um, that they were becoming with the tax with you know with the with the tax rises that they'd have to put on working people. That it wasn't very Tory of them. They were governing more like a liberal, if that makes sense. And um, a lot of the membership didn't actually like it. Um, they found uh, I I think a lot of the right wing media found Rishi Sunak like too much of a globalist um, and they wanted someone more right-wing. Um, even though Sunak was pro-Brexit, uh, they felt like he was too much of a global globalist. They wanted someone more right-wing. Um, I think what kind of got uh, Liz Truss in was that she was very popular with membership and she was trying to become the next Margaret Thatcher from a style. So people thought um, she'd be like Margaret Thatcher 2.0 because... Um, for most conservatives, the legend, um, the le- the best prime minister for them was probably Margaret Thatcher. She won free elections and, w- and won free, he- you know, large majorities. So for someone to ha- come back and return as Margaret Thatcher two I think it would have been what they were after, basically, uh, like a reincarnation almost. Um, but a lot of modern conservatives, like David Cameron. Uh, maybe not Theresa May, but David Cameron and uh, people like Savage Javid, um, they mould themselves off Thatcher, basically. So that's kind of what got Liz popular with the membership, was the fact that she was uh, coming across as a big Thatcherite, even though she wasn't really. I, I, I think, personally, she um, she just kind of picked her moments because she was a lib- Demo- liberal Democrat. Um, as, she, as you said, she was... Um, she was a um, student. She was in charge of the Liberal Democrats Student Union in Oxford. Uh, she's president of that. So, so I don't think she. You know, I, I, I mean, I get people's political, political, political allegiances can change from, you know, you know, whatever. I do understand that, but they go from say a Liberal Democrat to a Thatcherite. That's quite a big uh, change, really. Yeah, it is the, and like you say, um, people wanted her to be the new Thatcher and all. Mm, yes, but um, in a way, like. 
what she, how she came across to me was like she just didn't wasn't taking it seriously or something like the way she was acting and like when you look at her it's kind of like she wasn't even there or something like you know what i mean no absolutely i i don't think she knew what was going on i mean i felt she was very much like a confused chicken to tell you the truth she yeah. literally just would she didn't know what was going on the cameras were in her face uh she wasn't very good at making big speeches, I found. She wasn't the best. I didn't think she had the charisma to sort of unite the party, or the Conservative Party. Um, but yeah, she didn't seem to have uh, understanding on how she could, uh, you know, unite the party because she isn't that good. She, I didn't find her that good of a strong speaker. I didn't listen to her speaking and thought there was a strong leader. I listened to her and I thought, this person has no idea what's going on. Yeah, she wasn't like the Iron Lady as no, uh, no, as Thatcher no. was classed. Or like as... Churchill was, or if you think of Labour Prime Minister, she wasn't like, didn't have the charisma of Tony Blair, or, you know, so she couldn't really unite the country, I found, to be honest. Yeah, so as you know recently, because we did it on a previous episode, she sacked the Chancellor, yes. which was supposed to be her best mate, because her, her and him basically came up with um her, her budget and the stuff, didn't they? Yes, the trickle down um, economics, the mini budget the mini budget and then obviously she had the like had the balls to be like oh no uh you were not doing that now <laughs> do you remember like yeah she, like, yeah well like she, had, think... she was she was brazen enough to be like oh yeah i'm not actually gonna do that now well the reason why was because it devalued the pound the bank of england had to uh put interest rates up up so um you know the country wouldn't go bankrupt because basically uh what economic policy what what um what Liz Trust and Quasi Quadtain believed was that if we just use trickle down economics or cut all uh, tax for the rich, the wealth will triple down. But you can't do it on, on a short period of time if you have to do it on a long period of time. And it's not necessarily the most effective because it just turns out that people on top just keep the money. So there is no trickle down, basically. Um, you know, I, I don't know if she was doing that just to conspire with her conservative um, friends who probably work for big corporations who needed. Um, less tax to sort of save oh, they're already millions that they already have but um, yeah I mean that's that's what, what it is really she used trickle down economics which is very popular for Margaret Thatcher and popular with Ronald Reagan in America but again we've just come out of a pandemic uh, we have a war in Ukraine I think it was a completely wrong time even Rishi Sunak said who is arguably more right wing than um, Liz Truss um, fiscally would say that um, it was the wrong time to uh, have to have that because it would economically damage a country you know pensions would go you know and stuff like that and you know he was right basically um they basically divided the pound and almost bankrupt the country within a few days oh i know i know so let's let's get into um just some facts about liz trust that okay, i've got here so plenty do you want to go first or shall i i'll go first and okay. then you can go uh so liz trust was born on July 26th, 1975, in Oxford, England, to John Kenneth and Priscilla Mary Truss. But her name isn't actually Liz Truss, is it? No, it's, it Ma isn't. it's Mary Elizabeth Truss. Yeah. Why? I don't know why she's called herself Liz then throughout her whole life. Her some people prefer Mary. to call their middle name. I, you know, I some people prefer to use their middle name as their first name. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit mad, really, to be honest with you. But it is a bit mad. Makes so, it more electable, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So maybe she wanted to appeal more to the average Joe yeah. or average Liz, as you know. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> if she called herself Liz, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. And then, so 
Truss went to, she attended West Primary School in Paisley, Scotland. She then attended Rude Hay, Round Hay School in the Round Hay area of Leeds. So I don't know why she went up to Scotland to go to primary school. Maybe her family moved up there or something, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then so then she read philosophy, politics and economics at Merton College in Oxford. And she graduated in 1996. There you go. So like you said, she went to obviously one of the highest you know, places of education in this country. Uh, so obviously she had a bit of, you know, she knows how she had some education behind her, which is fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, Truss, but Truss was active in the Liberal Democrats. She mm. was president of Oxford University Liberal Democrats and a member of the National Executive Committee of Liberal Democrat Youth and Students <laughs> during, during her time as a Liberal Democrat. Truss supported the legalization of cannabis yeah, and the abolition uh, abolition of the monarchy. So obviously, I've seen videos of her actually uh, saying down like, "Oh, get we should get rid of the monarchy and all that." And then when she got into prime um, power, she was like, "Oh yeah, I love the monarchy, didn't you?" Well, it's, yeah, it's quite ironic as well because um, you mentioned there she was a pro ga- uh, pro, uh, pro pro cannabis, wants to legalize cannabis, as a lot of you listeners do. I'm pro cannabis. But it's ironic now because her um, former Home Secretary, Susanna Braverman, uh, wanted to put it as a Class A drug. <laughs> so it's completely counterproductive of what she was like believing. But again, I do think she's doing that just to uh, appease the right-wing voters, you know. But even though she was conditionally um, for pro-cannabis, she here's a quote saying um, during a Lib Dem Uni conference, she, she wanted to put the sign saying, free the weed or around the stall. And the quote that she used to um, abolish all our families were, we liberal liberal Democrats believe in the opportunity for all. We do not believe people are born to rule, which is completely the opposite belief you should have now. Um, I've also got here, Bill, I've also got the YouGov poll statistics. So Liz Truss in a premiership got minus 70%. And uh, to put it into context how bad it was, Putin, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, got minus eighty four percent. So, wow, yeah, wow. she is. Uh, so she is. Uh, she's fourteen. Is it fourteen percent below? Is it that a that a guy who evaded that a Russian dictator who evaded Ukraine for for for, for no real reason really? Um, That's but yeah, mad. but it is it is mental. I've also got here some of the things um, as well. So. Her mum was quite left-wing. I don't know if she was in the Labour Party, but she was a big activist. Um, they campaigned for nuclear disarmament and, and uh, opposed by Thatcher's government. Uh, the, and they were opposed to Thatcher's government. So they f- throughout the 80s, she was actually against Thatcher's government and she campaigned for nuclear disarmament. Um, it was uh, Thatcher's government to allow US nuclear warheads to be installed in RAF Greenham Common in West of London. They pro- Her and her mum and her family protested against that which I find extraordinary now because she spent all her youth opposing Thatcher. Now she seems to be pro-Thatcher. Uh, but this isn't the first few times we've seen her have these, like, um, U-turn. She was a big remainder at one stage of her life. But obviously, and here, here let me see if I can find the quote here, what she um, what she put about Brexit. Let me just have a look, see if I can find it. Um, let me see. Uh, let's have a look now. 
Oh yeah, so Miss Tr originally Liz Truss campaigned to remain, and she wrote this article in the Sunday newspaper paper, that Brexit would be a triple tragedy: more rules, more forms, and more delays. Which, when selling to the EU, however, when she, when 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 Remain lost, she changed her tune quickly, and she said Brexit would provide opportunity to shake up the ways things work. So, I think. I don't think she particularly has any beliefs or policies. I just think she goes wherever the very similar to Boris Johnson. She goes wherever the wherever whatever's going to get her the most votes to get her into power. Because we've seen that she was a lib Demo liberal Democrat. Yeah. Was anti nuclear dis. He was a pro pro nuclear disarmament, anti Thatcher, pro cannabis. Now she's turned into a Brexit, the Brexit conservative. He was pro Thatcher, pro royal family. So I think she just says whatever to get get elected personally. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like what she's doing. Though. Like you say, she's mm. um a bit like Boris Johnson in that way. So um yeah, so then she joined uh she joined the Conservative Party in nineteen ninety six. Yes, and then she worked for Shell from nineteen ninety six to two thousand. During which time she qualified as a chartered management accountant in nineteen ninety nine. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. I know she went yeah. for Shell, but. I didn't know she was an accountant, but she was probably on quite a good money as a chartered uh, accountant, to be honest with you, for Shell. But a lot of people were saying, actually, about uh, they're saying with these, these conservatives, you know, with um, the energy crisis, that all the energy companies are making money. Well, Liz Truss worked for Shell, so and she was in go. Even though she wasn't prime minister, it was Johnson. She was in the cabinet as a foreign secretary at the time. So yeah. what what does that tell you? She's been keeping connections there. Well, there um, you go. That's what I think. What's what's happening there, personally? Um, so the Conservative leader and ex Prime Minister David Cameron put Liz Truss on his A list priority of candidates for twenty ten election. She was elected to stand for the safe seat of South West Norfolk. Right. Okay. Yeah. So obviously she managed to get in with Cameron, and then she sounds to be quite useful. And they gave her a safe seat in Norfolk, oh South West Norfolk, and I think that's a seat for today, really. But yeah, she's become um, she's become quite a. Uh, I think she became quite a character within the conservative uh, uh, um, government. Um, you know, she was seemed to be quite useful to them. So Cameron, in turn, returned with reward over safe seats. Um, but other criticism she had was: Are you familiar with the um, Tory Greenbelt, the Conservative Greenbelters? I remember you mentioned something like that to me before, but I can't remember what it is. I'll bring it again up on this uh, podcast. So, a lot of conservatives are actually quite um, environmentalists, if that makes sense. You wouldn't think it because people assume that the environment is a thing solely for the left, but no, the the conservatives are quite big. You know, with like, um, you know, they believe in like nature. A lot of national trust trust people are, um, you know, conservatives. They wouldn't protest like like you know, extension rebellion. Or um, what's the other one? Greenpeace, but they would go out and make sure you know make sure we're recycling and stuff like that. And they don't like any new building on green belts where it'll affect um, you know the nature of it. Well, as you all know, uh, fat, um, sorry, fat, Liz Trust is uh, pro fracking, so that really upset a lot of conservatives who were green belts or conservative voters who lived in say the countryside, like the rural countryside, and um, you know like places like Dorset, Devon. Uh, not Norfolk, um, 
because we're pro fracking, you know, you understand the process of of fracking, Bill. You go and you dig up, and you you know you ruin the land basically. So yeah. when she was bringing back that like, she was pro fracking, it really upset a lot of uh, senior conservatives and voters. So that's where that's where her popularity started to uh, windle a bit with uh, senior Tories because she wanted to get rid of all these natural lands to make place fracking. Also, again, I'll give you another po- policy she wanted to do. Um, so she was given with um, she was given um, tasks with the cost of living crisis to uh, how she should tackle it, and what she said was basically um, basically a very similar to trickle down uh, trickle down economics, lowering the tax burning burden and not giving out handouts. Um, she's been forced to scrap the plan linked to public sector pay to regional living costs by backlash from senior Tories who said it would mean mean lower pay for millions of workers outside London. So basically, with that policy, she would have made sure the workers of London would have been all right, but places like the North, Manchester, Liverpool, uh, Cardiff, um, Newcastle, um, places like that. Where the, where the workers would have low pay, so temporary contracts, big contracts in the gig economy. It would not have worked, basically. But that was obviously sort of relating back to the trickle-down um, trickle uh, economics of lowering the tax burden for the, for the top earners so they could triple down and distribute the wealth. Obviously, we've discussed that doesn't really work because if they're saving money, they're not going to be spending it all the time. Mostly, they're just going to be saving it, aren't they? So they're not going to be yeah. giving it... But yeah, the, that's why she was quite... I think, I suppose, how Corbyn was seen as quite a radical in the Labour Party, she was seen as a radical, very much a radical of the Conservative Party, or she became radical. I don't... Like I said, I don't think she was necessarily always like that. I just think she... Um, I just think she... I just think she did it to, so she could get the vote. She saw where the vote was going or what was needed for her to get into a uh, leader of the conservative party and prime minister so she seemed she had policies popular for them yeah that sounds right to me though definitely and um so then she was in the, she was employed by cable and wireless in 2000 i don't know what type of company they are and she rose to their communication probably isn't it yeah and they she rose to their economic director before leaving in 2005 as well that's very good that. Yeah, and also, so Truss, here's the politics, when the politics start coming in now, so Truss served as the chair of the Lewisham Deptford Conservative Association from 1998 to 2000, then she successfully, unsuccessfully, sorry, contested the Greenwich London Borough Council elections in 1998 for Van Borough Ward and 2000 for uh, in Blackheath West Com, (laughs) how 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 do you say that again, is it West Combi? How do you spell it, Bill? W E S T C C O M B E West Com- Combi. Com Combi, I think it is. Or Combi. Yeah. Combi, I think. Blackheat. Isn't Blackheat a place in Birmingham? Isn't that off Peaky Blinders, Blackheat? No, that's that's uh That's Small Heath, isn't it? Small Heath, yeah, that's Small Heath, yeah. I think I know I think that's a fictional place though, but I don't think yeah. that's a real place. But yeah, so there, that's what she did in uh, 2000. She unsuccessfully contested it. So obviously she wasn't, um, she didn't get in or anything like that. No. And then she was elected as a councillor for Eltham South in the Greenwich London Borough Council election on May 4th. Uh, I can't, it says, obviously this isn't true here, but it says 2026. So maybe well, that's 2006. I think so, yeah. Probably sounds about right. <laughs> 
Or twenty sixteen, maybe, I don't know. So yeah, she was elected as a counselor. So that was probably the proper start, like, of her political career. Yeah, because I mean with counselors, I mean, needless no, I've run as counselor. And then when I lost, I spoke to a few people actually. I spoke to a Labour person. I have a friend who's a conservative, I spoke to him, and he said, You're not gonna win you're not going to win your first election. It takes you a few years of running as councillor and MP before you get in as actually a politician. It's very rare that if your first campaign run, you become elected, if that makes sense. It's a very rare sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then under David Cameron, as you said yeah. before, though, she was, uh, as Conservative leader, trust was added to the party's A-list. Yeah. Well, basically, if you're doing your time, so you as a Conservative activist, so you go out... You, you go door to door, you campaign, you try run elections, you try and get in, you get recognised by... This goes for any party, by the way, Conservative, Labour. Um, you get recognised, you start making things, they'll start saying, oh, this person, will ha- we'll take this person and we'll, uh, we'll put them in key... We'll put them in key... We'll, you know, we'll put them in a key seat, basically. But yeah, it can happen if Labour as well. It has, it happened to Tony Blair, uh, Peter Mandelson. You know, if you do your time as a campaigner or... Um, you know, go help other people's uh, MP re- uh, re-election campaigns and stuff like that, councillor campaigns. And even if you try run a few campaigns, you, you know, even if you try and enter yourself as a councillor or, or something, you um, you you do get, uh, you do get, you do, you eventually, you do get noticed by the higher-ups and then they, they, they put you in safe seats, basically. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. So you, you know, to get in the safety, so obviously you're getting your political career starting off good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then on September fourth, two thousand and twelve, Truss was appointed as parliamentary under secretary of state at the Department of Education, with responsibility for childcare and early learning, assessment qualifications, and curriculum reform, behavior and attendance, and school food review. <laughs> I did not know that that she was involved yeah. in all that. Yeah, I wonder what she actually did though when she was when she was doing. Well, not a lot. That. Schools were in the schools were getting cut by the Tory government. Kids were going to school hungry in England, and a few in Wales, unfortunately. Um, so all I think I think you could say she definitely didn't do a great success into that. There've been many cases in England where kids can't afford the school meals, so they didn't do that well. I don't think mm-hmm. basically, and it was what did you say, twenty twelve. So it was about three years. About since 2010, it's been about maybe three years or two years and a bit for the austerity cuts. So, yeah, probably not a lot, really, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. And then in July 15th, 2014, in the cabinet reshuffle, Trust was appointed a Secretary of State for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, replacing Owen Patterson. Like I said, you know, I wonder what she did there. Like, I, I really don't know. Like... Mm. I don't know if she did anything good or anything bad. Like, I'm not sure. What what, what year was this? 2014. Yeah, well, she, that was when she that cheese market, um, the cheese speech. Which, uh, she said, "We import only two thirds. We we import two thirds of cheese, and I think that's a disgrace." Have you seen that on YouTube? Yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. make take, take comedy out of it. Um, but I think what she was trying to say was, we was we should use more British cheese. We should be more thing, which I get, but. Yeah, I don't think she, you know, did did a lot there. To be honest with you, um, no, no. she was. To be honest, she she people like Liz Truss, Matt Hancock, they were sort of um, David Cameron's and Theresa May's underlings, so they didn't really do a lot. 
particularly they win in the main thing. They they only came along a lot later when Boris Johnson was Prime Minister. I mean, they started work with Cameron and Theresa May, but then they finished it with Soy Johnson. So, yeah. Yeah, and then on July 14, 2016, Truss was appointed as Secretary of State for Justice and Lord Chancellor and Theresa May's First Ministry. She became the first woman to hold either position and the first female Lord Chancellor in the thousand-year history of the office. Yeah, quite a progressive, I suppose, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's positive from it, definitely. Yeah. And then on June 11, 2017, following the general election, she was moved to the position of Chief of Secretary to the Treasury. Yeah, so she was basically, she wasn't Chancellor, but she was in charge of the So she would have worked with um, the Chancellor. So I think at the time it was Rishi Sunak, not Rishi Sunak, it was Savage Javid. So she'd have worked with Savage Javid, basically. Right. Right, and then uh, she was promoted to Boris Johnson uh, by Boris Johnson to the position of Secretary of S- Secretary of State for International Trade and President yeah. of the Board of Trade as well. Yeah. Following the resignation of An- Amber Rudd, uh, Truss was additionally appointed Minister for Women and Equalities. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, she's she's held quite a lot of positions. You know, she's 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 making waves in the Conservative Party at this that's time. How you, you know, that's how you do it. You know, um. That, that, that's how you do it. I mean, um, she did later in uh, 2021 replace Dominic Raab for Foreign Secretary, but I know that people are quite impressed with her work as uh, International Trade uh, Secretary of State because she got all the deals done. You know, she got, you know, deals done with countries, basically. So she, at that time, when we were sort of coming out of the pandemic or middle of the pandemic, um, she was sort of going around... Uh, different countries settling up trade deals i think she did a trade deal with japan and a few other countries to be honest with you because uh, that's around covid 2020 was when we left brexit officially so we needed trade deals yeah exactly and then on 15 uh sorry 15th september 2021 as you say during a cabinet reshuffle johnson promoted trust from international trade secretary to secretary of state for foreign commonwealth and development affairs Thus, uh, therefore, she became this only the second woman in history to hold a position after Margaret Becker. Yeah. And then on July 10th, 2022, Trust announced her intention to run in the Conservative Party leadership election to replace Boris Johnson after the latter's resignation. Well, she so had... Like, a good... Oh, no, go on. I was just going to say, like, yeah, you know, she probably thought to herself, you know what, I've held all these positions yeah. now. This yeah. is my time to run. Well, she had a good track record with doing out the deals. And also, um, there was a photo thing of her in a tank. Do you remember what, watching that? And it's very similar to Margaret Thatcher. She had one in the 80s, I think, of her in a tank. So she very much mirrored Thatcher. So I think she thought herself, I was a very... Because I, I will say credit where credit was due. She was quite... She was quite a... Um, she was quite a... A... Uh, a successful trade you know she got trades out while we were in the middle of a pandemic so that's you know she was quite a good she got she knew what she was doing um and obviously she kind of look up she she obviously was like look at my 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 track record as a trade minister you know as a secretary for trade and foreign secretary this is what i can do as prime minister so i think she was more about you know seemed that she was quite an effective uh parliamentarian there or or a a secretary of state there i should say Yeah, definitely. And then obviously, as we all know, on September 5th, 2022, which is, I think, only 40-something days ago, uh, Trust won the Conservative Party's election as party leader, beating uh, Sunak. And then on 
so yeah, on a September 6, 2022, Liz, Liz Truss officially ma- uh, became the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, becoming the third female to own to ever occupy the position. So it was uh, there's been uh, Liz Truss, Margaret Thatcher, and Theresa um, May. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, Liz Truss, sorry, Theresa May and uh, Margaret Thatcher, the only yeah. three, the three uh, Prime Ministers that were female. Yeah. So. yeah. So there you go. And uh, so, Dill, you know, Liz Truss has resigned. Hmm. Uh, do you think that was within her party? Uh, the the people within the party was putting pressure on her in her own party was putting pressure on her to the resign. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think I did hear a few things that her own party wanted her to go as well. The problem is, the problem is like we've discussed with the fracking. And whatnot. There, there's now too many factions among the Conservative Party, um, and we've discussed this. Uh, she sacked the Chancellor, and we we discussed this. I think in the former current affairs episode, where we talked about quasi quatern The Chancellor, even though we do have a Deputy Prime Minister, the reality of it is the Chancellor is second in command because they're in charge of the money, and it's always important for the Prime Minister to have a good relationship with the Chancellor because if the Prime Minister doesn't have a good relationship with the Chancellor. The Prime Minister can promise all sorts, but without the money, it can't be delivered. Um, but I think by sacking a Chancellor, because cha- it was shown that a Chancellor wasn't wasn't that competent when he delivered that. She realised that, then sacked him, and then then sacking the Chancellor, who is a senior a you know it's a senior position in the in the cabinet, is shown his weakness. Your Chancellor, you don't want to sack just for no, you know you don't want you. You can sack other ministers who who haven't aren't who haven't got important roles if they aren't suitable. But if you're running as a prime minister, when you become prime minister, you have to make sure your chancellor is is like is like spot on. You two are on the same page. You two, you know, you two have an understanding. You know, I think what Cameron and George Osborne worked quite well because they were they had both similar sort of beliefs and. Um, and um, they knew what they were trying to achieve. And I think when Tony Blair first became Prime Minister and Gordon Brown was known as the Iron Chancellor, when they fit, obviously their relationship deteriorated over the, um, over the free elections. But um, at the start, they had quite a good working relationship. But that's what a Prime Minister Chancellor needs to do. They need to have an understanding. So you, as a Prime Minister, not only do you have to have a good relationship with Chancellor, you have to have a very competent person, a very smart, intelligent person. Now, Quasi Content is smart. He was on a university challenge, and, you know, he I think he's had a PhD. But I just don't think he... he I You know, because I was listening to a, a podcast, The Rest is Politics, with Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart. And what they said was, and what this is what I agree with, was that he is smart in terms of academics. Like, he can read a lot of books and tell you all sorts about history and whatnot but where i think he wasn't that he didn't really understood the real world and be like if i make these economic uh, uh decisions it's gonna bankrupt the country i don't f- think he was living in the real world if that makes sense he was smart in terms of academics and history and sort of economics but not of not in terms of what i like to call pragmatism or real world economics and i think that's where they let down really and he's quite um i don't you know speak hearing because rory um stewart's was a conservative before now he's he's independent. Um he sounds like quasi quadsetting, even though he was alright towards other people, he was quite a bully. He would never really sit down and listen to your side. He would never want to negotiate everything. So when you've got someone like that as Chancellor, it's very difficult for you to have a working relationship with him, if that makes sense, Bill. So um 
yeah, I just that I think that's the reason why he went. But where, again, when you get rid of your chancellor, it's shown as weakness. If that makes sense, because they're like second in command. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. It's like it's hard to find a balance of someone who is obviously you need to be a certain degree of academic smart. Yeah, but also yeah. you need to have like a a certain amount of street smart and like know how in the real world as well. Well, you know I wouldn't. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say street smart, but I would say just common sense it, you know like like they should know if we done this lots of people will go you know will go hungry you know people will lose money but they don't think like that um you know they don't think like that because what i find with this conservative government now they're so far removed from the working man they don't know what you know they don't really know know what 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 to do they're they're, they're, they're putting out uh they're putting out policies which would only really affect the top one percent and we saw that with johnson Johnson's, Johnson's government as well. He's so far removed. Like they don't know what it's like to get on a bus, do they? Do you know? They don't no, know what it's no. like to to you know. Um, I they don't know what it's like to go. You know the weather to put the heating on or go. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. You know, I, 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 my electrics in Manchester. It's on a key. You know, I have to actually go to so I could just be working because I work from. I can work from home at the office, but I could just be working from home, and that the power goes out. The internet goes out, then I have to go and get a key, put more money in, and put it in. They've they've never had to worry about that, you know. And save the heating as well, you know. I have a gas cooker that I cook my meals on, and they don't know what it's like. They probably have a nice modern, you know. They don't understand what it's like to to live in a society like this now, you know, where we, you know, where there there is a lot of poverty and a lot of things. I'm not saying I'm in poverty. I'm not, but. They don't know what it's like to live regularly. They don't know what it's like to get a bus. They don't know what it's like to, you know, work a temporary contract job. They they have their point big is they're so far removed from it. When they're making economic policies like that, they're only really better better fitting the uh, super rich to one percent. It it doesn't really matter. But what they fail to understand is if they keep making policies like that, it will eventually bankrupt the country because eventually you can't get too greedy with money. If you keep going for the one percent, just takes all the money. It's gonna bankrupt the country, and I don't think they have a true understanding of that. Yeah, you know, I think you're right as well, though. Mm. So, uh, have you got anything else to talk about Liz Truss resigning, though? Well, uh, we can, we've talked about how incompetent she is, and the shortest, uh, you know, prime minister that I think has ever been, or if definitely in post-war modern modern uh, history uh we could talk about who you think is going to take over if you like yeah let's let's go down that route so uh who do you think is going to take over because obviously we know boris johnson's going to probably put in a bid to take over uh rishi sunak's probably up there as well i'm not sure about any other conservative party members mm. what do you think though well i i don't know i mean i i thought maybe um I I don't know. I mean, I thought originally it would be Jeremy Hunt. He's tried to become leader of a few times, but he said now that he's being made chancellor that he isn't going to uh, he isn't going to be he isn't going to run for leadership. Um, maybe Penny Morden. Um, she might be a contender, but I think realistically it'll go down to Boris. I think it's going to be between Boris and Rishi. Um, I've seen uh, Jacob Rees Mogg put on his Twitter page that um. He's backing uh, uh, Boris Johnson. He put hashtag Boris or bust. Um, I've also had a look at Matt Hancock's social media this morning, and he said that he wants Rishi to be prime minister. 
Um, let's see who else is there. Uh, ben Wallace, who's the defense secretary, said he's backing Boris. So I I don't really know. I think it's going to come down to between Boris and Rishi personally. Um, and I think that's how the Conservative Party is going to be split. It's going to be split between Boris, Borisites and Rishiites. Um, Boris, but I mean, to be honest with you, if Boris does get in, he'll be the first Prime Minister I can think of who started his term in 2019, then had to resign, and then after 44, 45 days, decided to come back into office. I was going to say, that'd be a lot of moving house, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. So, I mean, morally, I don't think Boris Johnson should come back. I don't think he deserves to come back. You know, he broke laws, he broke lockdown laws, he gave, he allowed contracts to be given to his uh, mates during uh, COVID to sort of fix it, or allowed Hancock. I... I don't think it would be right. Why? Wise. I think if it was up to me, I'd probably probably say Rishi, uh, because at least he knew understand what he needed to do. He knew it was a wrong time to cut taxes. Um. So, but yeah, even though he's not even necessarily that moral himself, he had his wife's got non-tax uh, dom status, and also he was an American citizen while he was a parliament. And I I believe you shouldn't have dual citizenship if you're a parliamentarian or even if you become. Uh, even if you become Prime Minister, you have to have a full British citizenship. I'm not saying you don't have to necessarily be born in Britain, but you have to have a British citizenship to be in our Parliament. Because it... what's your what's your argument for that, though? What uh, why do you why do you think you need to have a full British citizenship to be in Parliament? Do you think it's because uh, is one of those reasons that you have because you wouldn't be fully committed to actually making a change? Well, yes, but also you could be seen as being influenced by foreign. Uh, you can be seen by foreign, um, a you know, foreign countries. Obviously, Rishi had American citizenship, so I doubt the Americans would want. Um, I doubt the Americans would want to uh, mess with our parliamentary system. But say, if you had a politician from say Russia or China who had Russian citizenship or Chinese citizenship, then I would be like, well, no. But obviously, you can't discriminate different citizenship. So you just say, if you want to be in the Houses of Parliament as an MP, you have to have full British citizenship. Because you have to represent the you have to represent the people of Britain, not not the not the governments or the people of America, China, or Russia, but the people of Britain. Exactly, though. Spoken like a true prime minister, as I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, also another thing we should bring up uh, briefly is there's people calling for a general election. Yes. Um. But obviously, but obviously, if uh, the next one officially is in 2024, is it though? 20- yes, 2024. 2024 uh what i we've been talking about this obviously not on the podcast but uh do you think labor is gonna have a good chance of winning that from a non-biased perspective yes i think they will because like i said to you um since conservatives we've had austerity cuts then we've had brexit and then we've had but figures people i'm not saying this is brexit was unpopular well maybe it might be i mean some polls suggest it is but of how the government's um, how this conservative government's um, reaction to Brexit, they'd be like a bull in a china shop. So, you know, they've made it a very, very, very deep, sadistic divorce between us and the EU, which I didn't think was a good thing. Um, also, you've got, you know, party gates, you've got, uh, you know, the contracts. You also had Boris Johnson, who, um, who sort of, for Brexit, he... So I think he convinced the Queen to dissolve Parliament just so he wouldn't get a vote or something. It's caused too much uh, division. And um, 
then you've also had um what else have you had you've had the fact that the queen i think the queen was mad at boris johnson because when her when his majesty prince philip died he had she she who are head of state who would have to listen to covid protocol followed covid protocol and then find out that he didn't i think that made her quite mad so i think even though the queen does remain impartial but i do think relations did not sour but deteriorate between the queen and boris johnson um but um also with i think it's just made the our country a laughing stock to be honest you know i think if you when you think blair got in new labor got in we were a progressive country looking outward we were a serious uh, we were we were a serious player in the eu we were a big uh, peace peace broker for nova ireland and bosnia and um, but now i just think now I just think it's a complete, you know, we've become a complete joke. Our public services have crushed. You know, I, I, no one can afford a house. You know, I, it's economically a joke. It, you know, this land used to be, not, I'm not saying a land of opportunity, but, you know, if you worked hard, you could be all right. But now you can work. We're the first generation. We can work harder than our parents, but we're not necessarily going to be better off, you know, Bill, you know. Yeah, because like I said, we've talked about this before. It's so difficult for people our age now, like yeah. between like eighteen to twenty-five, to even buy a house. Like, because obviously, if you're want to like something decent, like semi-decent, you're talking like three hundred, two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand, and um, obviously you need a ten percent uh, deposit on some bank. Yeah, so exactly. you're looking at twenty-five, thirty grand. Exactly. Who's got who's who's got a spare twenty-five, thirty grand lying about? Nobody. You know, no one really. Nobody. Unless. You know, you, you know, unless you get help from like your parents or whatever, but like I said, a lot of a lot of families can't afford to help their kids. You know, because they're struggling themselves. We've had cr- you know? we, we've had yeah, exactly. We've also had major cuts in the NHS. You know, I was watching a clip on TikTok. Uh, Tony Blair would get interviews in public. Someone was sort of um, scrutinizing Tony Blair because they had to wait forty eight hours for GP appointment. Imagine no one waits forty eight hours anymore for a GP appointment. They wait for like what a month, two weeks, three weeks. You know, it's it's an absolute joke. Our services have suffered for it. Our police have suffered for it. Our military suffered for it. Our fire services have suffered for it. It's caused so much uh, dis- disagreement from um, it's it's caused so much disagreement from the public sector. Um, other people to our government we live in a world now where nurses have to have food banks and those food banks are running out of food bill you know we're a we're a we're a we're a we're a medc more economic developed country yet we still have food banks how disgraceful is that you know there needs to be a general election there needs to be a labor government there needs to be a labor majority especially, 97. especially for like you say nurses like the yeah. people who are literally Oh, absolutely. We're literally holding this country up on their shoulders, you know, in the NHS every day, working crazy hours, like working like 12, 13 hour shifts every day. And those, the, the nurses can't afford to live and yeah. like do their job. Absolutely. I can't, I wouldn't agree with you more. And uh, the Tory government introduced the clap for the NHS workers, but they wouldn't give them a pay rise, just a nice clap, just a nice clap you know stupid it's it's virtual signaling it's virtual signaling that's what it is it's 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 just stupid it's just it's extremely stupid and it's been shown that that's that that this government won't pay the staff they'll just clap for them well the applause is nice but what's more important a bit of an hour of clapping or we actually give them money so they can buy food and they don't have to go for a food bank 
you know? Yeah, I, I actually heard, like, a few nurses say, like, you know, we appreciate you clapping for us, but we need a pay rise, like, yeah. you know, that we it's need to, we need to live, be able to live comfortably to do our job, and in therefore doing our job, we're helping the country, and we're looking after sick people in hospitals, because yeah. think about it, like, if nurses were, imagine if nurses all went on strike all at once this country the people in hospital would all die they would have no one to look after them yeah, yeah so, you absolutely. know they're actually a very value you know they're very valuable to this country and like you said i don't think they're praised enough especially no, no, not, not just the nurses though you know the nhs um as a whole i yeah. feel like like you said there should be more funding and uh there should be uh, there should be plans to make like maybe a few more hospitals so therefore that'll create more jobs for nurses and people who want to get into that and therefore we won't have there won't be like uh people there, there'll be spaces in hospitals you know there won't be any it won't be full you know because i've heard stories of um people going to hospital and there's no beds for them because it's full yeah i mean i remember i remember in the, the 2019 election when it was jeremy Corbyn versus boris johnson the mirror put a photo of like a, I think this kid was like four or five. He had tubes because he was ill and there's no beds. He was just on the floor, like a third world country. There's no beds there, yeah. Bill. It was, it was like a third world country, yeah. you know. Many, many nurses now have actually left the NHS and gone into private care because the hours are just, you know, what they're getting paid for is just unbearable. They're being overworked. The pay is being cut. You know, it's like this slowly dismantling the NHS, you know. It is. Right, so... um. I think that's about about it for today. But um, if you got any final uh, words, still before we wrap up this podcast, yes, Liz Truss, the first ever prime minister, where a cabbage outlasted. No, sorry, a bowl of head of lettuce outlasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is mad. That's, that's something mad. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say um, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you very much. Please subscribe to Spotify and YouTube. By the way. Yeah, subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on Spotify, follow us on our socials. Um, but yeah, so yeah, hope everyone has a good day. Uh, you know, look, everyone look after themselves. All the best. So thanks Stay very much. Stay blessed. <laughs> Take care now. Bye-bye.